back to another episode of Is This Actually Healthy? I'm speaking to you as always, Juliana, and I'm very happy to bring you another episode of this show. There is a bit of an upgrade starting from now on. I got my new podcast microphone delivered. I waited a couple weeks for it, and I must say I feel like a much more official podcaster recording this in front of a microphone. I hope that it improves the sound quality a bit. I haven't really been able to tell a huge difference, but from the receiving end listening to it, perhaps it's um, perhaps it is making me sound more more high quality, cutting out some of the background noise. Either way, having a new microphone is uh, definitely a good investment. For the show today, I'm bringing on another guest, and I'm very excited about having Jennifer Helene Popkin on the show because she is the CEO of Purposeful Ventures, and she is all about business. She has a strong background career in entrepreneurship, and she's also a yoga practitioner and a dance enthusiast. Helene has done it all, really, and she has a seven-day nutrition plan. She works as a nutrition coach, and her theme is essentially getting people to embrace their own vitality. That's going to be our key word for today. Vitality referring to how we eat, how we exercise, how we live, and importantly, how we feel and how this creates a well-rounded scope for living our best selves. So without further ado, I will jump into this interview and we will have at this topic. Helene, I'm really happy to have you onto the show today. It's been my pleasure to bring you on and talk about what you do. And you know better than I your backstory and what has brought you into health and nutrition and how it fuels your life. I'm going to have you tell my audience a little bit about this. Awesome. Well, so glad to be here. Thank you so much for having me. And I think I just think it's so cool that I can be here in California and you're all the way in Australia. And like, we're just chatting. Like, I just, I just still, I, I know it's so normal today, but I just still think it's amazing. <laughs> Um, but I, I got really interested in health, mostly from suffering. I think most people in this, this field, um, either have like a really innate interest in it, or they themselves have had to overcome an issue or two. Um, so I had some major issues, um, with my family. My mom like went blind when I was young, um, and she regained her vision from eating a macrobiotic diet because there were no other options. Uh, now, I, hold on a second. What, what's a macrobiotic diet? Well, so uh, it's like every, it seems like every culture has their, their kind of healing diet, their healing modalities. And macrobiotic is the one from China and traditional Chinese medicine. And then you have like the Vedic diets, the Vedic system of medicine has like Ayurveda um, and the different like Vedic principles inside of that medical system. And then, you know, Russia has one um, and all over Europe. So I spent a lot of my life actually studying these different healing traditions all over the world. And every culture has their own healing tradition. And then I started looking at like what the patterns were inside of these, whether you were, I was in Greece or I was in um, China or I was in the Middle East, um, how the grandmothers were healing their children. Uh, you know, with herbs and uh, different things, you know, but every, every culture had like fermented vegetables or fermented foods. Every culture had like wild herbs from the mountainside. Every culture had um, like stocks, you know, like different kinds of stocks with different kinds of ingredients. Um, and so it was just really interesting to, to see these similarities. Cause I was seeking solutions that worked. Cause I, 
I didn't want to suffer. I was in a wheelchair from age seven to 10. And I just learned really early on, if you don't have your health, you don't have anything like nothing is worth it. And I was literally surrounded by people who were extremely affluent and unwell and they couldn't enjoy their life. And so I had all of these things that happened throughout my life that led me to really want to find cutting edge natural solutions that work combining, you know, um, traditional medicine and, and just lifestyles with like the modern world. And, um, you know, I've really just worked in that field, um, in the health coaching field and in holistic health for the last, I don't know, 20 plus years, I'm really interested in food, fitness, and mindset, which for me is really nourishment, embodiment, and spirituality. And I noticed that when I did one of these pillars without the other, it wasn't as effective. And my joy comes from like really sustainable, lifelong, lasting results. And so anyone can do a diet for a short time. Anyone can do exercise for a short time. When you combine the two, whoa, <laughs> it's like powerful. And then for me, the, 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 the mindset or what I look at as spirituality, just non-denominational, it doesn't have to be any one God or religion, um, but that adds this whole other dynamic to it that is um, not necessarily intuitive, but I mean, in terms of like, if you don't believe in a higher power, it's not intuitive, but it's the thing that works the best, actually, just like that surrender to some force. All of these pillars that you're describing, I know your big thing is vitality, having this sense of overall health and being, and all of these components make up the larger scope of vitality. Is that what you instruct or what you tell your uh, your clients and people around you? Yeah. I mean, so like we think about health, it means something different to everyone. You ask, like if you'd asked me 10 years ago what healthy was, I tell you something different than what I know today. And then 10 years before that, something entirely different. Um, and so I, when I was thinking about like what I really want to teach about and talk about, vitality is the word that came up because it's like this, this nectar that gets generated. And it, when you know someone is vital, they're like, glowing. They have really high quality energy. Um, so it's beyond just like being at the right weight, you know, it's beyond, um, just having your blood work, you know, just look right, which those are two, those are two very important indicators. And so I don't want to dismiss those two things at all. Blood and weight never lie. So those are really important, but it's vitality is like this next level. And so how do you get that? Like clarity of purpose? How do you get the whites of your eyes clear? How do you get your energy flowing and your blood circulating at the level that your DNA is replicating optimally? And so when you're at that level atomically and molecularly, then you have a a different quality and possibility of longevity. I love this word. I do love vitality. I've never considered it on all those levels before, but it really does describe every component of being healthy beyond what you just see physically or beyond what you see on a scale. I do think a big part of being healthy is how you feel mentally and what energy it gives you. Do you wake up every morning feeling like a fully charged battery being capable of doing everything that you want to do? And versus somebody who just rolls out of bed and tries to survive the day. Um, Yeah, I really, I really like your term vitality for all this. 
Thank you. And like, I bet for you, like when you look at coral reefs, you can see a coral reef that's vital, you know, or in the environment, you can tell when it's rich with life, you know, and things are in balance and, and, and the colors and, you know, you can, you can see it. It's not just um, our physical beauty or physical bodies, right? It's, it's everywhere. You can notice in a garden um, if it's struggling or if it's thriving. And if a garden is thriving, it's producing fruit. It's fertile. Not that I can't, I'm not fertile in my age for clearly, but you know, it's like a different kind of like nectar that gets generated from the natural environment. Yeah. I would like to talk more about, uh, I understand that you have an entrepreneurial background and you have a strong career. I'm really interested in how you fit your passion for vitality into this lifestyle. How do you use it to, I guess, grow overall personally and professionally did it help put you in the position you are today I definitely think so I mean I I mean I I would just say like my proudest achievement is really being a mother and therefore also being an example for my daughter and I, I I can say now that she's you know she's 17 and and I'm just so proud of the person that she is and so personally I think I'm an example for her of of strength and vitality and, and what it takes also to take care of yourself from a place of love, you know, waking up early, you know, doing exercise, making food at home. That's whole, um, like skin brushing and oiling and like this, a little like beauty traditions and, and, and healing traditions and practices that we have in our home that she, you know, has questioned of course, and challenged, you're like, why can't we just use laundry detergent that smells good? And I'm like, well, this just doesn't smell like much, but it still does a good job and it's not going to hurt the environment. You know, it's like, she's like, can we just have like artificial body wash? And I'm like, no, because that's hormone disruptors, you know? So, so I've had, it's had to be like a real education in our household of why we do what we do. And so for me personally, I think, yes, it definitely fuels me with wildly abundant energy, which is annoying to a lot of people. <laughs> Do you think a lot of these habits that you've picked up were accumulated slowly over time, or did you make a lot of drastic changes in your life? No, it was definitely over time because I was learning. So, right, I got my bachelor's and my master's degree in nutrition, and then I took a number of programs and, and certificates and, and just different specialty programs over the years. So, I think for me, it's been like curiosity followed by education followed by changes. So, it's, for me, it's been slow and progressive. Um, I grew up in a household that was when we ate whole foods that were homemade, but we didn't, it wasn't like healthy, healthy, you know, like I am today. Uh, Honestly, I did a lot of this for my mother. She ended up dying really young at 59 um, with severe obesity as one of her causes of death. And so I've been on a mission because I couldn't help her because I didn't know then what I know now um, to really do the best I can to educate and, and, and help people see that abundance and health go hand in hand, that flavor doesn't have to be sacrificed for health, that you can have so much more, not less, and, you know, be healthy. Most people think it's a sacrifice and it's not, it doesn't have to be that way. It was not, I, I, I won't stand for it. Like it has to feel celebratory. It has to be abundant. Now for you, I understand that you're a big yoga advocate personally what did this practice do for you and do you think that I guess yoga is right for everybody is this something everyone should consider I know everyone has to find their own sources of enjoyment with exercise or food but for you and yoga what would you say about it 
Yoga is the basis of everything that I am and everything that I'm becoming. How long have you been doing yoga? I've been practicing yoga consistently for 28 years. Oh, wow. You must be able to do the handstands and all the, um, all the poses I cannot yet do. I practice every day. And yes, I can do a handstand, but I have about 20 more years, at least, of ways in which I, I want to become stronger in my handstand. And so I practice just like you and everyone else every day. And so yoga is, is not just the asana practice, not just the postures. It's a whole system. And it's so beautifully outlined. And for anyone who's really looking to end human suffering, the doctrine and grammar and system of yoga is an excellent place to look. It is literally designed like a mathematical formula on how to overcome suffering and achieve freedom and oneness with God in this lifetime. It's a perfect system. And I say that after studying thousands of different systems and creating them myself for institutions, organizations, and universities after working with thousands of people. <laughs> I mean, but not everyone likes yoga. It's just not, I don't think it is for everyone. Not everyone's drawn to it. Um, a lot of people think it's like anti-Christ. I don't agree with that, actually. It, it, it parallels the biblical um, ideology quite, quite well, actually. Uh, the Ten Commandments are embodied in it. Um, the respect and devotion to God are in it. There's a lot of parallels, I think, but there are a lot of religions that feel like yoga is a religion and it is not. It's like a philosophy, like Buddhism. It's a philosophy. And so not everyone's into it though. And that's okay. Um, I do think that it's a, a perfected system for physical strength, for emotional strength, uh, for tonifying the nervous system, for skeletal um, endurance, stability, and longevity. I think that it's uh, extraordinary for endocrine balancing. I mean, every system of the body is attended to. It's, um, but I, I love it. And, um, and I will practice as long as I'm allowed to, <laughs> as long as I have the capacity to. Personally, I've dabbled with yoga on and off throughout the years. I can't say I've done it consistently every day like you, but I've always enjoyed going and taking a yoga class or even just putting on a good YouTube video in my living room and doing a morning routine. These nice. past few weeks, I've gotten into Ashtanga yoga. Nice. I've been doing 30 minute routines of that. And I do, I do really enjoy it because I like challenge in a workout for me. The enjoyment of exercise is doing something that really pushes me to my limits. That's why I like to go on runs. That's why I like to go to the gym. Yeah. For me, the feeling of healthiness has to be seeing what I can do doing, um, I guess, these more strenuous activities. But even if I slow down and do yoga, I do like the more mental aspect of it. It does make you think a little bit more of what's going on in your head rather than just what you're doing with your body. And I guess it also helps when the practicers of practitioners of yoga usually have these calming messages, or they tell you at the end of your practice, what you accomplished and how you should feel about it. And I, I do enjoy all those feelings that are associated with it. Sometimes it also is nice to turn my brain off and just go do a workout where I don't have to think, especially if I'm spending yeah. a whole day in the office doing PhD stuff. It's like, 
I'm going to go out and be healthy, exercise and just forget about everything else. Yeah. But that works, that works for me really well. Yeah, no, absolutely. You got to balance that whole mind body thing um, for sure. And, and uh, I, don't, I mean, every kind of yoga has a different highlight and Ashtanga means eight limbed. And those are, that is the system of yoga, which Ashtanga has become like a branded trademark, but mm-hmm. if you look at the grammar of yoga. Ashtanga means eight limbed. And so you have um, the eight limbs of yoga, which are, um, it's eight, right? <laughs> um, it's uh, yama niyama, which is like individual and social discipline, asana, which are the physical postures, pranayama, which is the breathing, the art and science of breath. And then you have pratyahara, which is the control of the senses, like your sight and your sound, um, your touch and your taste. And then you have tiyana and samadhi, which are kind of very simplified way of saying the different types of concentration and meditation, and then, you know, oneness with God. And that's the uh, system of yoga, the Ashtanga, it's called um, the eight limbed system of yoga. And I, I too, I love a physical challenge. You know, it's funny, my daughter has been wanting to work out in the gym. So I've been, I've been having so much fun with her there. And Mm -hmm. although like, I'm like, okay, I'm doing like a bicep lift. And I'm like, this is so, I find myself so bored. Um, and I know I could be engaging and like, you know, get not getting bored, but it's like, I would like to be doing, you know, 25 things with my body while I'm doing a bicep lift, you know, because I want to be challenged. Um, so I'm, I totally relate to what you're saying. I want to be challenged. If we're not getting uncomfortable, we're not actually like transforming. Do you know what I mean? Yeah. Um, get comfortable with being uncomfortable. That's what I've been following as my mantra of exercise, because that's how you're truly making yourself. I, you're, you're improving yourself. You're challenging yourself. You're making your body build on itself in that way. Yeah. And you have to be careful. So you don't go into like aggression around that. Cause some people will like go too far and do like, you know, damage their bodies and hurt, harm themselves. But you know, there, there's like a, a fine line between like laziness and overdoing, you know? With all this talk about exercise, I think the important question here that you of all people should understand is how do busy, overwhelmed people, people who say that they don't have time to start an exercise program or they just don't have time to squeeze anything else in, how do these people make time for their health? If they don't take time for it now, they're going to have to make time for it in the future. To me, I'm sure you hear this. I'm sure you hear this a lot. I mean, we all hear this. If I talk about exercise to people, most of my friends will give me that same answer. And I always just wish I had the perfect answer I could tell them that would inspire them to, um, to, to, to see what I'm talking about. So, I mean, like there's no pill and there's no food that can replace exercise. Like there's nothing on the planet that replaces exercise. They've tried to create something, but nothing creates it. So I don't know what that in Australia, it would, they would say, but the first word that came to mind when you asked me that question was bollocks, <laughs> which is actually a, a British word, bollocks. Um, no, really, like, I think the biggest hurdle to overcome is the discomfort of starting. And so I think it's really important that people just forgive themselves and, and stop comparing themselves and judging themselves and beating themselves up. Do you think uh, a big uh, roadblock to people starting is fear of failure? Yeah. And like, it's kind of confrontational and like for women, they'd be like, Oh, my hair. And it's like, you know, do an updo that day or, you know, figure, you know, you can figure out your hair. Right. But that's a big, big, big part why women don't work out is their hair. 
when they can, because they don't want to have to wash it more frequently and it's a time suck to get, you know, to get it done again and all that kind of stuff. Um, I know it's silly, but it's actually real. It's very real. Um, and then it's like, you do have to wake up earlier um, or you have to go after. So you have to find the time. You absolutely have to find the time. And if that means you hire a trainer um, to make sure you show up to, for yourself, then you hire a trainer. Or instead of making a, 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 a I don't know, a catch-up coffee with a friend, you do a catch-up walk. And you, you know, so you just, and you start parking a little further away at the grocery store. But at the, at the end of the day, it's really about your commitment. Like, what are you committed to? So if you're committed to some sad story about how you can't lose the 20 pounds, and, or you're committed to like continuing the inertia of like not sleeping well, um, whatever pain and that pain is real. I'm not going to pretend that like a knee issue or a shoulder issue is not going to prevent you from maybe doing certain things, but there are ways around it. Like I had a broken foot once for like six months. It's really badly broken. And I still showed up to my bar classes. I'm not saying that to pat myself on the back. I'm just saying it was really confrontational to go in there. And I, 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 this is the most shocking thing. I didn't really know anyone at the bar studio that I went to every day without my broken foot. The minute I walked in there vulnerable, it's like, everyone was like, uh, you know, I met so many people. It was really amazing. So it was just an opportunity to be vulnerable, to get confronted, to be uncomfortable and still do it anyway, because we have to, it's about your capillary density. And there isn't enough research or a conversation about this topic, but your capillary density is what also determines how well you're aging. It determines how well you're functioning. It determines how well you're circulating. Nutrients in, toxins out. Oxygen in your system. If your capillary density is, is low because you live a sedentary lifestyle, you're going to have a whole heap of problems, including cardiovascular disease risk increase. You're going to have diabetes, you know, risk increase. You're going to have, um, you know, of course, obesity risk increase. You're going to have cancer risk increase. I mean, you know, it, the list goes on and these are all preventable and exercise is a key element and you have to make it fun. People are like so serious about it. Like it should be fun. That's why I call it embodiment practices, not exercise. Unless and until it becomes fun, you're not really going to adopt it long-term. Yeah, exercise can sometimes sound like a chore, but if you if you call it something else, then like my 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 personal me time, I I call my my gym my sanctuary. To me, that makes it sound much more better than oh, I'm going to the gym. It's I'm going to my after work sanctuary. Love that. And <laughs> I think that uh, terminology like that can also push people into thinking, oh, I have to work out. To yay, it's time to work out. And yeah. I just think it's so important for people to embrace that but it is very hard to get the message across I can't say I've been overly successful with people in my circle getting them to go and join me out on the run or go and join me at the gym but that's what you know I was like overweight and struggling and then my friend was like hey let's go for a run and and I it was hard but like she she probably doesn't even know this but she's the one that started my journey and I never stopped. I think I was 13 or 14 and um, I just hadn't stopped because I, there's no comparison to what it does for my energy, for my sleep, for my skin, uh, for my attitude, my mood, my, my gut. I mean, it just goes on and on and on. But I'm in the exact same position, really. Um, once I really started getting into my health several years ago and making these 
uh, big changes with my diet and exercise, I just couldn't describe to people how much better every aspect of my life was. And people always ask me that. They're like, how do you do all this stuff? How are you a PhD student? How do you do all this exercise? How do you do all these hobbies? How do you go to all these classes? And they just don't know how I do it all. And I'm like, I know how I do it all. I, I take care of myself. You're doing your life intentionally. You're not wasting time on stuff that doesn't matter, right? Yeah, it's like filling your car with premium gasoline versus throwing sugar in the tank. You're, you're only going to perform as good as you, um, as you prepare yourself to do so. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that's the truth. So with all of this, I think that we've had a great discussion and I am going to wrap it up here. But my listeners might be very interested to know where they can find you across the Internet world. And if you have any of your programs available that they could look into, whatever you would like to say, um, this is this is your time to share with my audience. Well, thank you so much. I appreciate that. And you know, I do have a free seven day lifestyle plan that has some great recipes that you might want to you know engage with. So you can go to my website, Jennifer Helene. Dot com and that's h-e-l-e-n-e and then you can sign up you'll be prompted you can sign up for that and you'll get it delivered right to your inbox and um, it's like seven days of emails that you'll get with like a recipe list and suggestions and um, that could be really valuable for you it's free of charge and um, it's just a great way to get some new plant-based recipes into your life increase your oxygen we're talking a lot about circulation today <laughs> Mm-hmm. Um, but I'm on Instagram, Jennifer Helene underscore. I'm also on uh, Facebook. Um, I think it's uh, Jennifer Helene Health Coaching or Health Coach. Sorry. Um, so yeah, so I'm I'm around and I'm definitely posting stuff all the time, little videos, recipes on my blog. Um, so definitely, you know, connect with me and uh, ask me anything. I hope that my audience does because I have been scrolling through your Instagram. I've become kind of your new stalker and I've been looking at some of your recipes and stuff you got on there. And you really do got some good ideas. And um, yeah, audience members, you should definitely follow Helene here on Instagram. She has oh, good stuff. I'm so into it. I'm so like, I'm so been geeking out on this stuff and I just, I just love it and I want to share it. So thank you. Thank you for having me. Yes, we all want to share it. And that is why it is so rewarding to have this podcast and to bring guests onto it so that we can just get this knowledge out there and enjoy the process. Yeah, supporting each other because we do need each other to lift each other up. Yeah, thank you so much for being on my show today. I, I wish you the best of luck with your future nutritional endeavors. Thank you. Thank you so much. Wow, I think Helene has taught us a lot today, a lot of valuable skills and ways that we can shape our mindsets to become overall healthier in our everyday lives without even being so self-conscious about it. I really did resonate with the word vitality. And I think another good theme of this episode is that Helene comes from an amazingly challenging background where she has overcome a lot to become successful like she is today. So I like to just emphasize that Time isn't an issue. There's never someone who doesn't have enough time to prioritize their self-care and prioritize uh, their own health. You can always find time for it and embrace your own vitality if you just make it important. And that is also why some of the most successful people I know in life do embrace these concepts. So just a little something to take away at the end of the day. That's all I have for today's episode. 
As always, I'll close by reminding you that you can find me on Instagram. You can find me at Is This Actually Healthy without any punctuation. Please join that so that you can see all my episode promos and updates. I also upload other fun content that uh, that you might enjoy. Please tell your friends about the show if you haven't already. And please also rate the show wherever it is you're listening. Ratings help boost the show. And if you also subscribe to the show, this this helps me out a lot and it lets me know where I need to go moving forward. All right. Thanks for tuning in today and I will see you again next week. Bye.